You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, lots to cover on today's show. We're going to open up the mailbag again at Kamenetsky or at Cam Brothers on Twitter, Kamenetsky Brothers at gmail.com uh, on email. Like people still send emails, Andy. That's something that, that people still do. Um, and uh, got some, a little, we'll do some rapid fire news. Uh, hopefully at the end, want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Um, but first, Andy, the finals. Game one is tonight. And it's the Phoenix Suns. And it's the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And it is questionable as to how many people care. Yeah. Uh, on Cam Brothers, uh, our Twitter account, I put out a poll asking, as Laker fans, do you have a rooting interest in these finals? Pick a choice and explain in the thread. Choice A, yes, rooting for Phoenix. Choice B, rooting for Milwaukee. C, no, just entertain me. D, no, I've checked out. Um about two or so hours into it, around 700 or so votes, the clubhouse leader was no, just entertain me in terms mm -hmm. of um, rooting interest. Which, which makes some sense because there's right. not other than, yeah, I know, Andy, we've made the joke over the course of the playoffs that, you know, the Suns, rooting for the Suns is essentially like rooting for the Lakers. Former Laker Chris Paul, former Lakers coach Monty Williams, they wear purple, the Lakers wear purple. It's warm there. It's warm here. It's basically the same thing. But it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And the poll makes it clear that it is not because uh, the next two are basically tied at around 25% rooting for Milwaukee or no, I've checked out. And rooting for Phoenix is uh, holding up the rear at 22%, largely it seems based on the comments left in the thread due to the presences of one Jay Crowder and one Chris Paul. Laker fans, it appears, are over the both of them. Yeah, I mean, look, it last really last week, like either one of last them, week with Chris Paul. I mean, I get why everybody hates Jay Crowder. Like that that part, only only fans of the team that Jay Crowder plays on would like him. And look, that probably they wonder sometimes. That guy has had a very useful NBA career as a role player. He was on the Heat last season when they went to the playoffs. He, the teams that he is a part of tend to win a lot, and it's not. Well, he really does. He does things that are very useful. Right. I mean, we, I know it's a cliche. Guys do the dirty work. This, that. he, but he does those things. He brings a tremendous sort of attitude and edge to teams. And he's actually, unlike some of those guys, is actually a functionally good yeah. player as well. He is also too. I mean, you always hear about these guys who say, you know, I, I've got friends all over the league. You know, the, the, some of these guys, they're my boys in the off season. We hang out. But when I step in between those lines, man, I'm not there to make friends. Jay Crowder is specifically stepping in between the lines to make enemies. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I feel like that's really his goal is I want to retire with the entire league hating me. Yes. Like, and and everybody who watches it. Right, like if not I just make, not just if them, I can make right. all my peers despise me by the time I hang up my sneaks, I'll have known I've did a good job. Yeah, and I, mean, I and I think that's the way he sees it. I and it, and that's how he plays. But I mean, it is worth noting that he's not. You know, he is a guy who, 
actually performs a really useful function playing good yeah, three-point shooter, good defender, things like that. I just also I get why people don't like it. The, CP, the CP3 stuff is I, I last week was tying so many NBA people, you know, like diehards. I'm you know, not the casuals, but the diehards in knots because on the one hand, I think most people who follow the league and really love basketball and love and appreciate like the 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 what it is to be as great as Chris Paul have moved past. Well, people can hear that it's July fifth. People are still shooting fireworks off at, at our house. Um, have moved past the the thing where. Oh, he's never been to the Western Conference Finals. Like we all, and everybody gets like Chris Paul is one of the transcendent players of this generation. He is one of the greatest point guards of all time. And to finally see him break through that thing that we assign to players who don't get to the finals is really cool um, because he is that good. And what he's doing at 36 years old is remarkable. But man, does he make it hard to cheer for him sometimes? I mean, he does. some of those I mean, flops last week were just well, egregious. Okay, the the sequence that I think epitomizes what people really don't like about Chris Paul was when Patrick Beverly undercut him fighting through a screen and really went out of his way to make that contact. And Chris Paul went ass over tea kettle, you know, landed really hard. Right. And if anything, I saw more reaction on Twitter towards Chris Paul. Angry, not because of the play from Patrick Beverly, because at this point, that's just Patrick Beverly being Patrick <laughs> Beverly. It was Chris Paul flopping and putting himself more ass over tea kettle than he necessarily right, had to Right, and then he had be. to. They thought he was at. Well, you saw afterwards, Chris Paul didn't even seem that mad. Like, he and Patrick Beverly talked afterwards, and it felt like game recognizing game from Chris Paul because might have this is not this is not something if we're really being honest and you and I are both huge huge Chris Paul fans yes but this is not something that he would be above doing if oh, we're God, all no. being well, honest. Well, look, Andy when you talk about the egregious one I'm surprised you went to that one because at least Patrick Beverly made contact with him the the far more egregious play was the one where DeMarcus Cousins like Walked by him, whatever, and he yeah. went down like he had like a sniper hit him. That I, one I, was terrible. I can't think of a superstar in my time watching the NBA really closely, which has been about 30 or so years, that has ever ended up with as dirty a reputation as Chris Paul. Like, you don't think yeah. superstars typically don't end up in that position because they don't have to be. Like, there's been a few times where I can remember Dwayne Wade crossing a line or you know, Kobe crossed the line a few times, but Kobe was not by any reasonable measure a dirty player. He was really physical, no. but Kobe was nowhere close no, Chris to Paul, being. Chris Paul has that rep as somebody right. who will do everything right. Kobe would go up to the line, and all players occasionally cross it, sometimes on purpose, sometimes not. He played 20 years like Kobe did. Yeah. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have moments. But like Chris, most people they describe it as. They play right up to that line and then they stop. Chris Paul goes right up to the line and then like dances on it a half a step <laughs> over and then maybe like, you know, put your right foot in, put your right foot out. But like, you know, and I and it's the little stuff too that it's not even those things on the court. It's like the the thing a couple of years ago when he I forget what the exact context was, but like he pointed out that somebody didn't have their jersey tucked in. Yeah, it's a rule. It, it's it, very, it's right, it is. And it's but it's like, come on, narc. <laughs> like seriously. 
Well, I, the other thing that I, I, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I, I would love to see CP win because yeah. I don't, I, we, he's too good to be the guy right. that we We're talk not about. Far removed from his contract being considered maybe the worst, worst in yes. the NBA. Like the turnaround so, that he's had, sixteen seasons in, age thirty six. In terms of just this perception, despite his the level of his play really not dropping at all. It's incredible. It, yeah, I, I can't it, think of a comp. No, the, the rehab of what he did with Oklahoma City last year, and then you know taking the Suns from out of the playoffs to the finals. I mean, it's it's remarkable. I will say though, I am I'm rooting for CP. I'm also really rooting for uh, for Drew Holiday. He is one of my favorite, I guess, sort of non elite players in the in the league. He's an all star. He's an excellent player, but nobody considers Drew Holiday elite elite. But I think he is one of those guys who is just he's he is excellent. He's just an excellent player and a great teammate, an outstanding person. Yes. You know, and I would I would love to see him rewarded with a title. And if they win, and you know, especially if Giannis is he looks likely to miss game one. Who knows how good he's going to be. If he, they win, obviously Middleton's going to have to be great. Lopez is going to have to do some stuff. They're going to have to get you know, the Bryn Forbes's of the world to, to contribute. But Drew Holiday is going to have to be awesome on both sides of the ball. Yeah, the so matchup between if they win, him, it, yeah. The matchup between him and Chris Paul, I think, is going to be really, Absolutely. really fun to watch. Like You mentioned Giannis being doubtful for game one, and... Assuming he's able to get on the court with enough time to make an impact and the Bucs end up winning, it's going to be really ironic, Brian, just in the sense that this whole season, Giannis was written off as an MVP candidate because of the last two years in the playoffs. And then this became the year where he couldn't win an MVP and he ends up winning a championship. It'll just be a reminder of how random and often stupid. Yeah, the, the rules that we have about how we decide, like, I'm just tired of voting for that guy. Or like, I won't vote for Giannis for this regular season award because he doesn't perform well enough in the playoffs. And I get the people who say it should be a playoff award and playoffs should count. I get but it. it. It's but, not. But it's not. It is not a playoff award. They have other awards for the playoffs. And, and this ain't it. And the only thing before we go that is going to be even dumber than the irony of what we were just talking about there is the takes. If the Bucks somehow win the finals without, without Giannis either being a factor or being able to play, oh my God, the stupid is going to be out of control. It is going to be off the charts stupid. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. No, <laughs> I'm not no. here for that. I am not here for that. Um, all right, let's uh, next. Let's open up the mailbag. Got a really interesting question um, at uh, at Kamenetskybrothers at gmail.com about how the Lakers should be playing AD. The answer to which would have a massive influence on how they spend their money this offseason. We'll do that next. It's time for this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Uh, there has not been any action this week, but as we mentioned, the finals are starting today. Suns, Bucks, and the biggest reason that Milwaukee managed, Brian, to get through games five through seven. I just realized that if you're really not into that series, you could just call it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that, that not cool. Not cool during it this isn't. moment. I know, Brian. I'm just saying, but that's when the thought came into my head. Right. I'm sorry, Michael. Brian, joy. That didn't bring joy. All of that. Like, no, that's not shut joy. Up. Seriously, well, that's shut not, it, brought me, up. it brought me joy. <laughs> I mean, like, 
you know, self-control, recognize <laughs> the moment. Like you got a little, you got a little, you, you laugh, you got a little joy out of it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, anyway, trying to get, I'm trying to dap up Chris Middleton because he was a huge reason that they got through this in game six and seven. He averaged 29 points on 20 of 42 shooting from the field, six of 16 from behind the arc, 12 of 13 from the line, averaged seven and a half assists, massive performances from a guy that is not a true superstar, but he's an all-star. And his team has needed him to be one. He came through. If the Bucks can survive a game or two without Giannis, maybe split the opening pair, they're going to need Middleton to come through like that again. It's also an incredible story, Brian. He's a second-round draft pick who's gone on to average 17 on his career, make two All-Star games, well over $100 million in his career before it's all said and done. That's not a sucks story, Brian. Nope. Michelob Ultra, it's only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the only game, dummy. <laughs> Speaking of sucks, I, I will say, but we'll get to the mail back here in a second. I the the question that I I the answer to the the poll um that you that we posted before, you know, where 25% of the people are like, I've already checked out. Some of that is just the Lakers aren't in it. I don't care. Some mm -hmm. of that is just I'm ready for this season to be over. I can be honest with you. So am I. Like I, I want to see a great finals. I want guys to do well. Like all, players on both teams. I hope everybody goes out and just plays really well. It's a great games and and all that. I am so ready for this season to be over, Brian. If that is your mindset, then if I can make a little recommendation, it's the reminder that today on the road to the finals, our NBA <laughs> playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at two point six carbs, ninety five calories, we can all enjoy the games a little more this season. If you're not all that excited inherently about this matchup, I bet crack open a couple of Michelob Ultras, you're going to be feeling differently. Yeah, probably true. Um, all right, so let's get to the uh, to the mailbag here. This uh, this question, you can, best ways to get a hold of us, um, leave a five-star review on iTunes. That's a great way. We really like that one uh, with a question, and we'll, we'll answer that for sure. Uh, at Kamenetsky Brothers, uh, Kamenetsky Brothers at gmail.com, which is how this one got to us, and then at Cam Brothers on Twitter. Uh, this one in the email mailbag comes from Jim Joes. What's up, fella? He says, should the Lakers do what the Raptors did in 2019 this upcoming season where they started Mark against big fives and they started small with Siakam at the five uh, instead of just playing it, you know, so basically what he's asking, Andy, is don't have a set starting lineup. You have a matchup-based starting lineup, and if you're playing a smaller team that goes smaller, you just start AD at the five and proceed. And if you have a Nikola Jokic or... Uh, one of these other big bodies DeAndre or something Ayton. like that, DeAndre Ayton or, you know, uh, Joel Lucevic, whatever it might be, then you start Marcus Gasol, uh, presumably, uh, whoever else, whatever other big body you have. Um, it's a really interesting question because the answer to it, the Lakers have a relatively limited uh, pool of resources that they can use to fill out the rest of the roster, including, by the way, how you bring back Andre Drummond, perhaps. Um and the, the way that they answer this question goes a long way towards figuring out how you allot those resources, um, where you spend your money, who you give your big exception to, and stuff like that. So uh, your thoughts, Andy Kamenetsky? Um, I do think that they need to consider more flexibility in the way they use Anthony Davis, specifically at the five. You know, Not just because it's the most effective... You know, it's the most effective version in the minds of a lot of people, and I think you know accurately 
for Anthony Davis. Like it's his best position. I also think it makes things a lot simpler in terms of coming up with the most ideal lineups because you're you're not having to create these alternate looks that really are first and foremost about not having to play Anthony Davis at the five. You know, unless you can find a true stretch big with size, you're putting one less shooter out on the floor that mm-hmm. creates those type of, of lanes and space for both LeBron and AD. I it's I think it makes it more complicated than need be. And remember last week we had uh, Jeff Stotts, uh, the great injury expert on, and I, and I asked him about my theory that for all the talk about you know not wanting to play Anthony Davis at the five the majority of his minutes because that type of physicality leaves him more prone to injury, I feel like playing more along the perimeter, um, especially with some of the defensive assignments, leaves him more prone to injury because he has to cover so much yeah, ground. I mean, so it's, quickly, it's certainly it's, that it's a different kind. If nothing else, it's a different kind of and, injury. And Jeff Stotts yeah. thought actually that that makes a lot of sense, and and he doesn't buy into that conventional wisdom, you know, lock stock barrels and all that. <laughs> uh, to smoking barrels, whatever. I no, but I, I think the difference is like it's a different. It's it's not that there isn't there aren't physical demands to him playing you know the four and running around against like traditional fours. Although if you're you know playing Nikola Jokic, it's a whole different kind of deal. But compared to quote unquote sort of the traditional center, Andre Drummond, uh, that type of guy, it's just it's a different kind of physical wear. Like he clearly doesn't want to be bodying up Joel Embiid, okay, on the block. And like, I'm, and I and I, I get, and I know what you're saying before. Like, there are, you can make accommodations for yes. that by with Jim Joe's question. Um, I I just feel like the last couple of years, not that the Lakers haven't been successful because they clearly had that. You know, before the injuries, I'm old enough to remember out. when they won a title, Andy. Right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and things were going well this year. Yes, before all the injuries set in, and that's ultimately the reason that they got knocked out in the first round. But I still think that this this constantly configuring lineups so AD doesn't have to play center, you know, other than maybe fifteen to twenty percent of games, I do think makes things more complicated than need be in in ways that in ways that can make it harder for the team on the floor, even if they are succeeding, it's harder. Here's here's where I would push back on that. I two things. First of all, I don't know how much he, we never really got a chance to see how much five he would play this year. Sure. Like what they would have done. Um, I also think he, just because he was hurt too much, and so yep. you know, um, you know that that just that kind of took that out. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, they they won doing it that way, and I, I do think though there is the possibility of a, of a diminishing return if you're only sort of going with that small lineup. With AD at the five, um, or that is your primary lineup. I think there is a diminishing, a strong potential for a diminishing return, even that goes beyond, you know, AD is going to get hurt. I kind of agree with you. I think if he can get past the sort of mental part of, of not just disliking it, I, I, I think you're probably right. I don't think there's much more of an injury risk doing one versus the other. Um, especially for him. I mean, he's just an injury risk doing anything. Uh, and I I think the formula is pretty 
good. I mean, if if guys stay healthy and you have the right kind of centers around him, I mean, like think about it, we were talking about the finals before. I mean, like Brooke Lopez would be phenomenal uh, as a guy that you could stick next to Anthony Davis. We're talking about somebody who wouldn't be in the way offensively, could still help out defensively and do all that stuff. Like, I think it's a matter, if possible, of just finding some better fits. Um, they got by with two guys who don't stretch the floor in that first season. Um, they tried to stretch the floor in the second season with Gasol, and presumably will do that again next year. But maybe there's a way that they can just do a little better. And then some of it's just Anthony Davis, like we've talked about. I just He can eliminate a lot of the talking point by just playing more aggressively, yeah. regardless of who's on the floor. And I yeah. think that's ultimately what it comes down to is this is more of an AD thing to me than it is a lineup thing. Uh, because you can find centers that work. I mean, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee on paper shouldn't be like a combination where AD would thrive. And it wasn't perfect, but it worked. It was good enough. And, you know, and I, I just, I think it takes some of the argument. So my biggest problem with the argument is I think it too often takes the focus away from the person most responsible for how AD plays with a center next to him, which is Davis. I, I don't disagree. I just, I think though, in terms, like I said, the overall effect yeah. on the team beyond just Dave, beyond just Davis individually, but like you said, it, it affects the way they would use the money. Um, if, if to your point, if they're going to use that large exception on a center, it needs to be a center that fits comfortably with Davis so that he can, you are not, you're not setting yourself up for another Drummond situation. Well, speaking of which, uh, Andre Drummond was recently doing um, a Q&A with Lakers Central and was asked about his future and resigning. And he said, I had an incredible time in my career to have this opportunity to play with LeBron James instead of against him. Hopefully things go the right way and we'll try to run it back again. He has mentioned many times, including his exit interview, a desire to run it back. Um, the finances, though, are going right, to be challenging with Drummond. Um, he has already said publicly that anybody who thinks he's taken the minimum is drunk. Those were his exact words. You drunk. Somebody who suggested that on Twitter. So you start getting to the mm -hmm. taxpayer mid-level exception, right, which, which is, is that's six. really one of the only ways the leg, this is by the way we talked about with Schroeder. One of the reasons it's important to bring him back is otherwise you got to re probably replace him with that exception. Um, I that's, but that's what I'm getting at. Like I, I would bring back Andre Drummond in a heartbeat for the minimum. I, I understand all the problems people have with him. He's way better than most players are going to find at that price point. And when you're making the minimum, you're kind of disposable. And if it doesn't work out or people are upset, you can you can move off of people without a whole lot of consequence. Um, I don't think I would not. And I I say this as somebody who liked Drummond and thought he played better than he got credit for. I would not use that large exception on him unless. It would not, I'll put it this way. It wouldn't be my first choice. No, it wouldn't be for me either. It, it feels like you are addressing more of an area of non-need at the expense of stuff that Something clearly over the last forward. couple of years yeah. have shown need to be shorn up. All right. Uh, let's let's uh, do some uh, some quick newsy bits when we uh, next because there were some 
some fun and interesting stuff that happened over the weekend or close to it that we haven't had a chance to talk to talk about on the pod, and we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track on all the action at Bet Online. This week, as always, tons of sports action on the go. Get all the latest news, odds, info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams are neck deep in the playoffs. The finals, Brian, the NBA finals are upon us. So head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On Lakers also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models and all that stuff, it's impossible for your local auto chain, to uh, parts store, all that, to, spot, uh, to, to stock everything you need. So why endure all the questions and the, 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 the you know, is, do you have an EX and LX and an OX? I mean, I don't even know if that's a thing. And then you're like being visiting sold. your mother. There's just questions. And you're being sold stuff. You don't know if the, the guy behind the counter is trying to get rid of stock. If he's selling you the right thing, you have only, you have everything you need to get the right choices. You go to your computer, you go to your phone, you go to rockauto.com, and that's all the access you need. So why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a dealership? I'll give you one. Rock Auto, $216 for a, uh, for a fuel pump, for a Honda Odyssey. I drive one of those, Andy, a Honda Odyssey. You know how much that would cost me at a chain store? $353. That's stupid. I'm not doing that. Government Rock Auto's prices are reliably up. low. Uh, so go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked in on their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Um, all right, let's do some news, Andy, and we'll start here. Uh, the Lakers had an Antetokounmpo. Uh, we had the, the not a very good one. Um, no, I, I, consent. The general consensus is had uh, is that the Lakers had the worst of we the, had the three worst by one. a pretty wide margin. Our Giannis was the worst Giannis. <laughs> yeah, of all the Giannis in the league. It was by uh, a distance that was basically Giannis's wingspan. Yeah, like pretty much. How much worse he was than the middle one who's... And God bless him. I mean, he seems yeah. like a nice kid, and he's pretty good. At, I mean, he's way better at basketball than I am. Uh, he Costas appears to be done as a Laker, reportedly signing potentially with Olympiacos or maybe mm-hmm. even another team overseas. I'm not, I was a little confused by the reporting. Um, but he's... Looks pretty much like he's done with the Lakers and probably out of the NBA next year. Not really a huge surprise, Andy. As I always say, um, I am I, I really respect the restraint the Lakers showed by not cutting Costas the instant Giannis signed his extension. Yeah. Um, so they're a class the fact, organization. Yeah, they are. And I will say, you know, I, I 17th guy on the roster, fine. Depth is really important, and I don't want to have too many dead spots on the rosters filled with guys that literally cannot play. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a he's a two-way too guy. A, too much so, of a development thing. Yeah, I mean, he's a two-way guy, so there was only so much any guy in his particular position was going to be playing anyway. Sure. But at, at this point with the, you know, frankly, the need to tamper now off the table because Giannis is locked mm-hmm. up, you, I mean, I guess it's never too early for Olympiacos to start uh, looking for and tampering, and that's why you bring in Costas for them. But you know, the La- the Lakers just need to start looking forward to somebody else that they can target for tampering and potential free agents that they might want to bring yes. in. 
Uh, I'm thinking, Brian. 17th spot on the roster should be considered the tampering spot. Well, I'm thinking. Reserved um, for best friends, brothers, sisters, cousins, things like that. I can't think of any siblings right now that would put them in that type of uh, positioning. But given what's going on with Portland and Damian Lillard and the rumors that he could be unhappy, I think they should be looking towards the summer. Like The conventional wisdom used to be that the Lakers would bring in mellow to make LeBron happy, I think you bring him in for the potential of Damian Lillard, like that connection, or you sign Enos Kanter. Enos Kanter had two uh, seasons with Damian Lillard, and they seem to get along great. Like Those two seem tight. So Does Enos Kanter fit what they're looking for? Not really. Would I bring him in? (laughs) Absolutely. Sure. Um, all right. So next uh, next item comes from Mark Stein, the great Mark Stein at the New York Times, who's uh, leaving the Times, I believe, and going solo on Substack. He's going to launch mm-hmm. his own deal on Substack. So I would encourage people to uh, to sign up for that. The Lakers, this from Stein, uh, the Lakers have interviewed former Wizards coach Scott Brooks for a potential spot on Frank Vogel's staff, league sources say. Uh, ESPN reported last week that former Knicks and Grizzlies coach David Fisdale would soon join the Lakers after Jason Kidd's departure to Dallas. Um, so what's interesting to this isn't so much that Scott Brooks, although obviously that is a very big and well-known name, two things. First of all, it, impl- it at least implies that the Lakers think that another member of the coaching staff might be going. I mean, there's that. Um, I wonder who it would, you know, I wonder who it would be. Um, I wonder like, and then obviously, you know, how they would replace him. Scott Brooks would be a pretty big name to step into that after adding Fisdale too. It's a lot of former coaches. Yeah. I mean, for a guy like Frank Vogel, who we feel like has job security and he, you know, he, he doesn't seem like he's somebody who's on the hot seat, you know, despite going out in the first round, if anything, you know, he's been talked about having an extension. And when you add David, done. when you add David Fisdale and Scott Brooks, those are two guys who start giving the appearance of potential coach and waiting yeah, on a maybe. staff. I, I'm not, although I'm not those guys, their last, you know, Brooks is I think tenure in Washington. While there are a lot of caveats, I think would be seen kind of as a disappointment, and certainly Fisdale's no, 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 two I'm runs not, as a head coach would I'm be. I'm not as well. saying it is happening. I'm just saying they they are. They carry status above the typical assistants. Like they're much closer to where Nate McMillan was, who ended up taking yes. over for Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce and eventually now yes. getting a long term deal. Those guys are much closer to the right. McMillan status. It appears that uh, Frank Vogel is much closer to Nate McMillan than sure. to Lloyd Pierce. But, so. but you know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed no, to say, like Phil Handy, who has never really been rumored as a head coach heavily. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's all I'm saying. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens there. It's just intriguing to see a big name uh, interviewing for a coaching spot on Frank Vogel's staff when presumably there isn't a coaching spot available. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, before we go, interesting story this weekend. Uh, Bronny, Bronny James, LeBron James Jr. playing in a high school showcase game uh, at St. Vincent St. Mary's and in a gym literally named for his dad. Um so the, the, the as the story was reported, the PA announcer took a shot at Bronny, saying that he was getting calls because his dad was in the building. The gym bears his name. That really pissed off LeBron, who confronted the PA announcer during the game. Yeah, um, and has like everything LeBron does at one of Bronny's games gets a, gotten a ton of attention. Um, 
for me, it's just a reminder of, I mean, first of all, I mean, I think you would agree that maybe I don't know what normal behavior at a high school showcase is from the PA guy, but that seemed out of line. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's where I feel like, I mean, LeBron's always going to be in a position of getting scrutinized for, for his presence at this sort of thing, because a, everything LeBron does is a big deal. That's just the world that we live in. But also too, when you are an athlete of his stature with a kid who is developing his own pretty high profile sports career in, in its mm -hmm. own right, you know, you're going to be under that type of microscope. And it's one thing for LeBron to throw his weight around during a game because he can or start micromanaging Bronny's coaches or teammates again, because he can like that's out of bounds. But it's another thing for him to stand up for his son after his son is being used as really the butt of a public joke. And I don't blame LeBron for calling bullshit there. Yeah. Like, like it's a tightrope, I'm sure, for him as a basketball dad. But I have no issue with him saying, all right, th this moment, I'm not just going to sit back and watch you essentially publicly humiliate my yeah, son. I, I think, I mean, you can argue about you know, do you confront him? Does it make it worse? All that stuff. But at the, at the very least, I think anybody. I think if you don't confront him there, though, there's the chance that it keeps going. Maybe, maybe, but maybe I don't know. But like, the, but I think what I was going to say is just that I, I think anybody could understand the impulse as a father yeah. to find that kind of thing to be out of bounds. And just there's no there's no perfect way for him to do it because you know the only way that you can avoid the the potential. Uh, distraction thing you know people showing you're showing up to lebron for your own attention you know to Bronny's games or whatever is to not go to your kids games mm -hmm. and i don't think that is a fair thing to ask of lebron or of Bronny or or anyone like so and then he'd be accused of of not caring so uh there's no perfect way to do it um but that guy seemed to be wildly out of line and if that's normal something normal at a high school showcase game it really shouldn't be um Reminder, we'll be back at noon this week, right, Andy, yes. for uh, Spotify yep. Green Room. Please continue to sign up for Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. We've got a great response over the course of this week. Um, the more people that subscribe, the more stuff we can do. We really appreciate everybody yeah. uh, getting on board. Tell your friends. Create like, for every Gmail account you have. Just uh, go ahead and, and, and sign up for, for Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. We really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody tomorrow.